This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Sarah Lancaster, arts and entertainment editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Sarah? Hi, it's going really well. Good to have you back on the podcast. Wanted to bring you in to talk about some of the cool stuff that's been going on as we are entering spring. You know, things starting to open back up, restaurants that have been chugging on through the winter, live music getting going, all of that kind of stuff is just starting to you know, crest on the horizon. Right. So wanted to have you come in to just kind of talk about some of the stuff that's been on your radar. Um, after the break, I want to talk about a number of biking articles that you've written over the last couple of weeks, just kind of as the snow melts and people are getting their bikes out, what to, to do to, you know, get training and get things souped up and that kind of stuff. But before we do that, how are things on your end? As the snow is, is thawing, how are things, you know, how are things going? I'm getting ready to go outside. I'm itching to be outside and for some warm weather. I don't mind the winter. I like the change of seasons. Um, I think I would always need to be someplace where there is a change of seasons. Um, but I'm ready to get outside and just, you know, get my hands in the dirt play outside, go for some runs, go for some bike rides. I've always been the type of person who is cool with winter. And I don't know if that's changing or if winters have just been a lot longer than maybe they were 10 years ago. And I was like, oh, winter's fun. But I <laughs> am now to the point where like winter could have been done mid-January or February. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a total proponent for that. Yeah. I like winter activities and winter holidays. But after New Year's, it's like there's nothing... <laughs> There's nothing to look forward to. <laughs> I did my best this winter to try to teach myself to to find more to do with the winter and enjoy it a little bit more. Right. At least this year we had like a good amount of snow the whole time rather than some winters where we get very late snow and then maybe it's there for Christmas and then it go and it's just wet and cold and you can't go out and do the fun stuff that you can do like cross country ski or snowshoe or those types of things because you're kind of in that limbo between there's no snow, but it's freezing. And mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I felt the month of March has been, where it's just been cold. We've gotten some snow, and now it's just kind of wet and sloppy out there, and you're kind of looking for things to do. So I'm using the time to just make my to-do list of things I want to do once the weather warms up. Right. You also run a flower farm. Mm -hmm. What happens on the flower farm in winter? Actually, quite a bit. Um, our only month that I would consider our off month is probably somewhere in between December and January. After that, we're already starting to plan for our seeding for the following year. We've got seeds started and germinated already. We have a bunch of things under the grow lights already. And I think even this weekend, we'll probably start prepping some of the beds if we can get to them if the snow melts enough. Hmm. Yeah, you, I guess you wouldn't think that there's a lot to be done in the winter with flowers, but it makes sense that you you know you have to prepare for the upcoming season. Um, when when does flower like springtime is when flowers come back, right? Right, when, right. When is that? It depends on what you're growing. So some flowers are going to be cooler flowers, and they're going to make their appearances in May and into June. We've predominantly grown mid to late summer 
varieties, but we are adding some early varieties this year. So I'm kind of excited to see how that goes for us. Um, some really pretty fancy daffodils and a few other types of the earlier blooms. So should be kind of fun. My wife has gotten into uh, vegetable gardening nice. in the last couple of years. And she has a small vegetable garden in the back. And this year she's doing peas. So our countertop is full of 100 red solo cups with dirt <laughs> and little pea shoots coming out of them. I love it. And your son probably likes that too. An activity yes. for him. He thinks that they are like drinks with straws. <laughs> so he will put them up to his mouth and he will pretend to sip on them. Love it. Yummy. <laughs> so she's been doing pea shoots and she got a bunch of potatoes and she's ready to get out there and start her vegetable gardening now too. That's so. fantastic. As the snow melts, it starts to get exciting. One of the things that you were kind of checking in on are some of the restaurants that are open year-round. And, you know, in the off-season, there might not be as much foodie things happening in terms of, like, food festivals or having everything open. But there are still the core group of restaurants that stay open all year-round. And you kind of wanted to highlight those in the off-season just to kind of check in on those staples. Um, and you've been doing this for a couple of weeks. What were some of your takeaways from kind of looking at the the year-round restaurants? Sure. Well, I tried to focus a variety of dining opportunities. So whether people are just looking for like casual pub fare or if they wanted more of that coffee house vibe, um, just those places that I think we as people who live here almost take for granted in a sense because they're just staples on our radar. Um, but it was kind of brought to light for me when I was in one of the coffee shops and somebody walked in and they said, oh, thank goodness you're open. And it was just one of those moments that made me hit pause and go, yeah, I can remember being that person and finding a place that was open in the traditional off season and just being really grateful and thankful that they were there. Um, so I tried to just give a little bit of play to to those establishments. So, you know, talked about Mink River Basin, which is kind of a fun staple up here. Then I went to Blue Horse and Fish Creek, um, which is always just, you know, a nice, interesting vibe. It kind of gives you both that kind of bustling cafe, but also chill coffee house, depending on what time of day or day of the week that you're there. And then we uh, continued on our way south in the peninsula to Get Real Cafe in Sturgeon Bay, which I appreciate for having kind of a quick grab-and-go options that are really healthy. But then you can also sit down and just enjoy your meal as well. It's it's full of options, which is always a plus. On yeah, that. I ate at Get Real Cafe for the first time this year. I had never eaten at their previous location. And I really like their new location. Yeah. It's kind of, it has this different feel. It's a big, open, almost kind of like a, a diner in yes, a way. Yes. In that it's th this big, open, it's counter service. So you go up, you order, and then they bring in your food. And they have a really nice kind of eclectic menu with mm -hmm. a bunch of different things. Uh, we tried some of the juice, some of the smoothies. Those were really awesome. Everything that we ate was really good. My son had stuff that he liked eating too. And it's great to have a menu that caters to, you know, adults and children, right. but it's not your standard like chicken tenders. It, right. There were some interesting things on the menu. So that was a really cool place. And like you said, it was kind of that like it was a quicker option, mm -hmm. which again, for having a kid and, you know, wanting a place where you can get in, they're only going to sit and eat for 30 minutes right. before they, so <laughs> being able to get in, order something, get really good food. And then also and then be on your way, be on your way is yeah. 
was great. So yeah, it's been cool checking back in on those places that you, like you said, you kind of take for granted when you live here because you know that you can always kind of stop there. And when you, when you mentioned Mink River, I was like, thank goodness that that place is open year round because <laughs> right. that, that starts like in the off season, that's one of the only places open. I know that Wickman stays open for into the shoulder into seasons. It. Well into the shoulder yeah. season. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, and there's plenty of those, I think that do stay open well into the shoulder season. I think more and more are trying to do that. Um, you know, and then you always hit that, that time of the year when people need to take a break because not so much to take a break, but to maybe do some projects around the the restaurants and the establishments to get ready for the next season. Right. I, I find that that's kind of where we are right now. March is when everybody takes a, a minute to, <laughs> right. to step away. Catch the breath. Right. I was just talking to Miles. Well, actually, you're going to hear this tomorrow, but we talked about Gibraltar going to state and how like even some of those staples that you go to for a quick bite were closed because they were they went to state with them uh, because there was such a big, you know, community get together mm-hmm. for or there mm-hmm. was so much community support around it that some restaurants and some places were closed for the day or half a day mm-hmm. just to do that. And that that's part of the charm of a small town, but it also like in March in Door County, you can really feel it. You can feel the pinch there. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of kind of food stuff, there's also a, a brew fest that's happening this weekend, right? Yes. So this is taking place um, in Kiwanee County. So our neighbors, uh, they, I should say the Kiwanee Lions Club and the Dykesville Lions Club, they join efforts every year and they put together their Roar Off the Shore Brewfest. And this is their biggest fundraiser of the year. I believe the ticket gets you in and there's over 200 different beers that you can sample, over 50 different types of wine, plus some really fun food vendors. And then all of the proceeds go towards local uh projects, nonprofits, charities, just ways to give back to the community. So they've used the funds for everything from um, community vision screenings to improvements at parks to the Special Olympics, just a a host of different things that they have used these funds to, to help. And it's just kind of a fun way to spend a Saturday if you're interested in microbreweries um, or local wines and, you know, just a good time to get some food and drink out in the and outside with friends. Yeah, and a good opportunity to explore further south, too. Absolutely. Um, do, you, do you get down to Southern Door in that often? Not too often. Um, probably more so actually in the winter months when we have a little bit more availability to leave our property in the farm. Right. Um, and then when we're heading back south to visit family that still lives uh, down in the Kenosha County area. Yeah, we spent some time over the weekend in Algoma and... I'd driven through Algoma, but I, had, I hadn't been there in a long time. And from what I understand, before the two-lane highway came in, that's how most people came up to Door County was through Algoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, my in-laws have memories, vivid memories of driving through Algoma. That's how I always did as a kid. Yeah. Right. And so drove through there, took some time to get out, you know, eat at one of the cafes down there and explore. And my two takeaways were... Uh, I couldn't believe that people were already out on their boats, which was (laughs) fascinating. And then as we were walking through town, we saw this giant mural that was like, Algoma is the fishing capital of Wisconsin or something like that. Okay. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. You know, that's why you live in Algoma because you love fishing. There you go. As soon as you possibly can, you're out on the water. You're out on the water. Um, But then my other takeaway was just it's a very cute and interesting town. It reminds me a lot of parts of Door County, but then there's also parts of like small town Anoka, kind of where I Mm. grew up, of these like more historic 
towns mm-hmm. with, with these main streets. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of cool to, to hang out down there a little bit. So yeah. When you mentioned Kiwani County and, and further south, it, this is a good time of year to venture down and, and see what's going on. It's quiet. It's very quiet, but, you know, you'll have a bunch of people in 200 breweries together down there. So Most definitely. Might not be a bad time to explore. One other thing that I wanted to check in on before we jump into our break uh, and then talk about biking is we've been putting together kind of a live music calendar every week for the last couple of weeks because there is still live music going on and while the season hasn't totally opened up there's been some really cool stuff including dca has been doing their passport program and one of their uh one of the passport program showings no is happening this weekend right yes it is happening this friday evening um this is a a quintet uh acapella group five women from zimbabwe and it sounds like it's a pretty eclectic sound, a little bit of gospel, a little bit of soul. Um, and so it should be a really fun event. Um, and that's one of the beauties about, I think, the Passport program and just the programming in general at the community auditorium is the fact that there's such variety. Yeah. I mean, during during the summer months, uh, when it's like the main stage shows, you're bringing in artists like Brandy Carlisle and Indigo Girls and Lyle Lovett and... uh, Mavis Staples, a whole array of artists um, that are well-known and popular. Uh, And then you also get these really popular groups that maybe you haven't heard before from all over the world. Um, And it's just really this fantastic opportunity to not only hear what you know you already like, but maybe find something new that you like. Right. The the later acts in the season are always really interesting to me. Um, I know that they brought in um, a group that did like shadow puppetry and shadow artistry. I don't remember what their name is, but I, I saw like a, a sizzle reel of their stuff and it was really cool. Like it's like dance coupled with shadow performance and they create these really interesting things with their bodies. And like, that's such a cool experience to be able to see uh, there. I think the last passport program was celebrating women in jazz. Yes. Heard that that was a really awesome performance. So I, I really enjoy the stuff that comes in towards the, the later part of the season at DCA because it is, uh, there, there's a ton of variety and you get to see really, really interesting things um, that maybe you otherwise wouldn't get to see. Mm-hmm. And the other neat component, I think, to the Passport program is there's the educational component to it where they have a matinee for the students. And so the students get exposed to various varieties of music and programming as well, which I think you just, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm speaking off the top of my head real quick, but there, I think that they did a, there was a group that came in that was called like dinosaur science theater or something. And they had like dinosaur puppets and it was very much like interactive (laughs) with the kids doing stuff. I'd I'd have to double check and see if that was this year or not. But I remember seeing uh, like ads for this really cool kind of educational show with puppeteers and these cool dinosaur puppets and everything as well. And that's again, part of that like later season Mm -hmm. offering. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Sarah, let's take a break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about this trio of articles that you dug into about getting ready to bike again, training, and then also a a really cool look at this group called Cycling Without Age as well. So we'll take a break and then we'll come back for that. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. 
Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwani counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers. Okay, we are back. Are you a, a cyclist, Sarah? I didn't know that. I'm more of an indoor cyclist. I enjoy spin class and back in the day, got my certification for spin uh, oh, wow. training. But uh, And I like to mountain bike. I haven't mountain biked in a really long time, but if I had to pick my outdoor cycling activity of choice, it would be mountain biking. Do you do like the virtual biking stuff? It has a name where it's like you, it's kind of like spin biking. It's an indoor biking thing. Oh, like but the Peloton? Is, is that, that is that what it is? And they have like a monitor where you watch. You have like a virtual class, basically. Yes. I don't do that. I just kind of make up my own routine to music I like and put myself on the bike and, right. and, and do that. But yeah, there's there's <laughs> definitely this like VR biking where you can like race against your friends and stuff and yeah. they are digitally represented along the map. Yeah. So you can either bike with your friends and go through both realistic looking like areas or also fantasy looking areas. And it just, it, it gamifies biking and it became really popular during COVID because people still wanted to get together with their friends sure. and do these activities, but had to do them inside away from each other. So this like virtual exercising became a big thing as well. I was curious yeah. if you'd ever dabbled. I, have, I haven't tried that. No, I, I have a spin bike or I should say an indoor cycle. Spin is actually a trademark, but most people I think know what a spin. Um, and I kind of stumbled into that looking for an off-season activity when I wasn't running and fell in love with it and kept going. But if I'm outdoors and I can bike, mountain biking, yeah, that would probably be my preferred. I, I definitely grew up biking a lot. Like me and my two friends on my street were always biking around and building jumps and all nice. sorts of stuff. <laughs> so I grew up biking for sure. And then I took a break until I moved back to Door County and actually commuted to work on my bike the first year that I was here. Okay. Then I kind of put the bike away and I just got a new bike last year and have wanted to like get out and actually bike around Door County recreationally. But I haven't quite gotten there yet. So I'm hoping that your recent articles can help me along my way. There's some good stuff coming along. Yeah. yeah. So people are breaking their bikes out, getting them ready to go. Walk me through your idea of kind of talking about biking right now. Sure, sure. Well, the first piece I did was just that checklist in the spring, especially if your bike has been put away for the winter, um, just some things you need to do. And so I talked with uh, Luca Fagundes, who is an avid cyclist in the area, and just his best tips for what you need to do before you either hit the road or hit the trail. And a lot of it is just very common sense stuff, but I think we don't think of it. It's like the bike's put away, you take it out, you go riding. But really, you know, your tires are losing tire pressure every single day. Uh, two to three PSI. So you want to make sure that the tire is well inflated, uh, properly inflated, so that you're not having to work harder than you need to when you're out there either on the road or the trail. Um, making sure that everything is in working order, you don't have any issues with your chains, that you know brakes are working as they should, just really giving it a once over. And if you're not an expert in that area and not much of a DIYer when it comes to your bike, Go ahead and take it to a shop. A lot of them offer some sort of spring tune-up 
um, or something of the sort to, to make sure you're going to be good to go out there. Right. That's something that like when I did bike in the city, I always was like, there's plenty of bike shops around to take my bike to and have somebody look at it. And it is cool that we do have that here in Door County as well. North Door Cyclery. That's where I bought my, my bike from recently. Um, and they're, they're great. They know what they're talking about. They help me find the right bike. You get to, they, they give you everything that you need to get started and then you can bring it back whenever you need to. And they'll, they'll help you get it ready to go. Yeah. And that's something I probably didn't think enough of when I would hit the trails for the first time in the season is making sure my bike was in good working order. Even stuff like making sure that bike is cleaned off before you put it away at the end of a ride because you're getting dirt and grime and water especially is probably one of the worst things for your bike because it'll rust things out. And so to make sure that everything is clean and dry before you put the bike away, just some really good tips to keep in mind. Right. And Door County is a really cool place to bike. I mean, there there's definitely stuff that could be better. And I know that the people who are avid bikers up here have a, a laundry list of things that they would love to see in terms of making this place more of a biking destination. But there are, you know, there's a ton, there's the Peninsula Century, Spring Classic and Fall Challenge, mm-hmm. um, the Door County Triathlon. Like there's a lot of great races and rides, but then just recreationally, I'm it, it's, you know, at a there's a lot of back roads and a lot of really cool places to ride up here. I know that there's a lot of people who commute. You wouldn't think commuting in Door County is that easy because we have these like very distant satellite towns mm-hmm, everywhere mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of housing around them. But right. there's a lot of people who do it. Um, you got to be kind of, you got to be into it to, to bike that much. I, my bike ride was maybe 15 minutes. Okay. That's so, not too bad. Right. So it wasn't that bad. I was just out of town, but there are other people who, you know, bike 35 minutes to an hour to mm-hmm. work every day. Mm-hmm. So it, it takes commitment, but I think it's worth it because pretty much anywhere that you're biking, you get, you know, a really good experience. Amazing views. Yeah. yeah. It really is kind of a fun place to bike. And, you know, as far as it becoming more of a destination for that, there are some really cool things coming up that a lot of people are working towards. And that was kind of the exciting thing about this series of stories that I wrote, um, especially when it came to Peninsula State Park and the mountain bike club that is forming there. It's been a long time coming. If you talk to the group behind it, um, there are mountain bike trails in the park. But in speaking with Eric Hyde, who's the superintendent of Peninsula, Newport and Rock Island State Parks, and Brian Fitzgerald, who is part of this group spearheading these efforts, they're there, but they do leave a lot to be desired. Um, I think Brian was telling me that they really haven't been touched since the 1990s, and mountain biking as an industry has exploded in that time, and there's been so many advances in it. So it's time to bring these trails up to speed. Right. So when when do you think we're going to see movement on that? So actual movement on it and being able to ride the trails probably is a year or two out still. It's part of the park's master plan uh, that they submitted in 2018. And with that, there was some trail improvement uh, as a part of that plan. And what they did with the trail improvements is instead of saying this is where the mountain bike trails are going to go, they more or less identified areas within the park that would make for good mountain biking. And then that gives them the flexibility to not only work with the public and have some public hearings to hear what people want, but also with those professionals who design the trails. Because there is a lot that goes into designing a mountain bike trail. And when I talked with Eric Hyde, 
you know, he said that's really not their forte. And if they're going to build these trails, they want to make sure they're quality trails that bring people here. Right. You got to have thick jumps and (laughs) rickety wooden (laughs) paths. Wooden paths. And I think there might be, I don't know. I don't want to speak for them. Nothing is set in stone. Everything's just in the idea stage, but it could be a mix of that. From what he described, it would be probably a mixture of some machine made trails with some more of the low impact, um, you know, just single track. Right. Yeah. My growing up, I had a mountain bike because that was what you would get at Walmart. All the bikes were mountain yes, bikes. Yes. Um, so I had a mountain bike and that would be my bike that I would use for everything, riding around the neighborhood or going into the woods behind my friend's house and doing sick jumps mm-hmm. and, and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So that was my experience growing up. I also remember we built a really shoddy wood jump that we'd put in the street and then we'd um. try to get as much speed as we could off of it to the point where we would just hit it and it would explode. <laughs> so that was my mountain biking experience. But why do you like mountain biking? I like it. I think for me, I, with running, I was a cross country runner in high school and college. And I think for me, mountain biking just felt like that segue in in cycling um, that was most comparable to that. And it's kind of that thing where you're in the woods. I love being in the woods. I love hiking. I love running in the woods. And so to be on my bike on this dirt path um, is a lot of fun. It's also super challenging. There's that little bit of element of fear and I hope I don't hurt myself too much depending on what the trail is like. And I think just that adrenaline, I kind of feed off that too. Yeah. I, uh, as we were talking about like biking, I remember doing it as a child, obviously, and trying to get back into it now and thinking about biking as a lifelong activity. And this is, this is my attempt to segue into the next part of this. Okay. But, um, what I, what I wanted to say is when you think about like biking, as you get older, I see a lot of people talk about like, Oh, biking something that you can do your whole life. And there's different types of bikes that make it easier for you to ride. And one that I always see is the bikes where you basically lay down on your back and pedal with They're your feet. Incumbent? Yeah. yeah. I cannot even fathom doing that. <laughs> Like they're like, oh, it's the easiest thing in the world. It's like that looks inc- that looks ch- harder than anything I've ever seen. Right. I can't imagine trying to keep my balance and like do everything on my back because biking is is a vertical activity, if not a little bit like forward. Right. So right. to You're lean, leaning in a little bit. Yeah. So to lean the whole thing back, I I I don't understand. But I'm hoping that this this next. You know, this next article that you wrote can illuminate some of my options as I get Sure, as give well. you a, a little glimmer of hope there at the yes. at the end of the tunnel. Because I don't think recumbents <laughs> are going to work for me. Well, so the next piece that I did within this little cycling series that I wrote was about a new nonprofit up here called Cycling Without Age, and. It's the first one in Door County, and I was actually a little surprised to hear that there wasn't already a chapter in Door County. Uh, what Cycling Without Age is, is they provide bike rides to elderly people or people with mobility issues or perhaps disabilities to allow them to still enjoy getting on a bike. And I think the motto is, everybody deserves to have the wind in their hair. And it's true. It's just that enjoyment you get from being out and biking and seeing people, the social socialization aspect of it. Um, and so this group has purchased two trishaws and it kind of looks like, um, 
It's a bike with kind of a bench on the front of it. So it's a three-wheeled bicycle with a bench on the front that can seat up to two people comfortably. And it's got a canopy over it. So there's some shade protection. And the pilots for these bikes are trained in how to just give a very gentle ride and take people, you know, through recreational areas. So if you've ever spent time in like New York or some bigger cities, there are, you know how there used to be like horse-drawn carriages? Mm -hmm. There are bike taxis that are really similar except flip-flopped. So the the, carriage is in the back. Right. And that's not so much about the experience of riding a bike as much as it is like just a different way to get from point A to point B. Um, There was a really cool bike taxi that would take you from like the – the metro area in New York all the way down to the Central Park Zoo. And I, me and my wife did that on our honeymoon. It was cool. Like it being, even though you're not on the bike itself, being in that open air kind of slower transportation method is a cool experience. And so this is kind of flip-flopping that idea and putting the passenger first and making it more about the experience of the ride rather than putting them behind and making it feel like a taxi. In a right, way. exactly. Just to put them out there as if they're still the ones behind the handlebars. And as I understand it, they're going to be teaming up with uh, SCAND. They're going to be teaming up with the YMCA and the ADRC to offer rides. So people that are interested in taking a ride, they can sign up online um, or call either one of those uh those organizations and get themselves on the list. Now the rides aren't necessarily for like getting from point A to point B or to provide a form of transportation. It's purely just for enjoyment. So if you just want to get out and enjoy a lovely day, this could be a great option. Awesome. Well, I am looking forward to getting my bike out. I am going to do none of the things in your article and just try to ride right away and then go, oh, why are my tires why? all deflated? My chain's off. And I'll be like, you should have read the story. Exactly. So I, I will use that as my guide to get myself back out on the bike soon as the weather gets better. Sarah, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with me. Absolutely. I look forward to chatting with you again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.